and to RSS, the Revolutionary Sports Front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Revolutionary Sports Front, episode 41. We're back. Tony to my left, Jerry to my right, Joe as always via Skype in Washington. And uh, it is 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock here on the East Coast, and it is Easter Sunday. So happy Easter to not only my coworkers here, but all our fans and other, everyone that listens to the show. It's a holiday, and we're, uh, I think we did a paid holiday. Did we do another holiday? Or like one of the episodes we called did. Paid Holiday or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've done this before, but it's early in the day, and we're going to put on a show and come together. And today, episode 41 is actually very unique because it's going to be easy, but it's also going to be really fun because we're talking about stuff that everyone loves to talk about. We're going to be talking about controversy. We're going to be talking about corruption, violence, and all that fun stuff. And, and no, we're not talking politics. No, and it's not politics. It's sports-related. And uh, there's going to be four segments. Um, all controversial, and we're going to start with steroids, as Joe teased last week. We're going to get some gambling, um, fighting in sports, uh, and criminals and their um, ability to obtain playing time, and if that, that's right. So all fun things. Joe's going to start us off. He teased us enough. It's been, I think, eight days. So, Joe, what are we talking about with steroids? And let's get this show going. I think we're going to have a bunch of fun. And once again, I love you guys. And happy so Easter to from me. Jerry. To me, the uh, the biggest thing with steroids is, uh, is is whether or not people agree with the use of them or not. I, you know, I've, I've heard both sides of the the story. You know, oh well, why don't they just make steroids legal for everybody, and then you know, just everybody will take them, and whoever doesn't take them doesn't take them. And then I've heard, you know, I've heard people say it was unsportsmanlike, it's unfair, um, yada yada yada. So you know, there's, there's the two sides of it, and then there's and then there's like somewhere where there's like a misunderstanding of steroids about how unhealthy they are for you um and people try to base it off the side effects you know saying like oh well you get the man tits you lose your balls uh you know it's for for women you know they they get their their negative sides of it too and then uh but they they try to they try to use that and saying like well that's how they kill you like and and it's it's not necessarily true um it's it's you know i i think you know as we dive more into it dive more into it you know with, with you guys it's more of like an addiction type mentality and then you start becoming addicted to other drugs and the other drugs are, are what kill you. And so I, th- I think just people have like this negative, negative thing uh, on steroids and it all, I think it all really stems from baseball because when, you know, you think back to professional wrestling and stuff and Hulk Hogan, all those guys were using it. No one really cared. And and, and, if, and if you said, you know, Arnold, you know, he's like, yeah, Arnold was on him and, and Hulk Hogan was on him. Uh, well, yeah, because if they didn't take them, they wouldn't look the way they looked and they wouldn't be able to do the things they do to draw the crowds and draw the attention. But when it comes to baseball and sports that, you know, has a score as a scoreboard and, you know, people pay tickets. Oh, I guess they pay tickets to see professional wrestling, too. But um, but when, when it when it comes to a game like baseball, um, it, it really rubs people the wrong way. And that's what started the entire steroid epidemic. And it leaked over to football. And, and and round and round we go and and there's 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 multiple documentaries 
there's multiple uh, auto bios and, and all that stuff. You know, you got, uh, you know, the, the incredible bulk uh, came out of Michigan State, went to Green Bay and then, and then became the incredible bust. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you go on and on with stories and I just I just wanted to talk about it. You know, I think uh, just recently I've watched uh, quite a few documentaries and done a lot of reading on steroids and listen to some podcasts, uh, Joe Rogan in particular, about steroids and uh, there, there are a lot of people out there in the lifting world and, uh, you know, the, you know, strong man and everything who are openly on steroids and, uh, and no one really cares over there, but you know, well, we, I'll, I'll kick it in real quick. That was a good, that was a good one. Um, and I think it's a good base for what we're about to talk about. So when, first of all, I just want to get that out there. When you say steroids, that's a pretty, that's a brute thing to say. And a lot of people get their own idea. They just think of some guy in a bodybuilding gym with a needle hanging out of his ass. And that's what it used to be in the professional wrestling, especially that's kind of what the case is. But when it comes to sports now, we're not just talking about steroids. I mean, they're testing for things like testosterone and estrogen. Blo- a lot of things that you saw to test for, so much to where the um, – they're testing for things so mu- so much and trying to keep it flat so much because people were using them for so long that it's almost becoming ridiculous. But as far as having them, I think that you know it makes things a lot better to watch. But Tony made a good point in the beginning of the show, man. If you start letting everyone just be fair game, especially in sports like football and UFC or, or any kind of combat sport, um, it becomes very dangerous for the people who would elect to not take them and try to go the natural way. Is letting the guys just be free to just pretty much turn into barbarians illegally and it just opens up a gateway to drugs like you said too i do believe that painkillers and and things and it just leads to later on healthy lifestyles just like we see with ct and concussions and bad things but i think it's it's scarily if that's even a word becoming more um mastered of a science now to where you could actually probably come off it without having too bad of bitch tit or whatever they used to call it man boobs and you could actually probably come off it clean once your time to compete is done and be be healthy but at the same time danger does become a factor and you know me i'm not not one to back away from any kind of violence or bending the rules of any way but you know people's lives are in at stake so yeah i mean from a medical perspective the term uh performance enhancing drugs is pretty broad because like if you're talking endurance sports what you do is you blood dope which pretty much yes you increase your red blood cell count which is ironic because armstrong like lance what lance armstrong did took epo uh there are erythrocytes are your red blood cells it boosts them so you can carry more oxygen to your muscles, making you perform better. Well, you know the United States Olympic team has their headquarters in Denver for that exact reason. Because if you train at altitude, you develop more red blood cells because you aren't getting enough oxygen. Yeah, naturally. So that's legal. And it's legal to sleep in a hyperbaric chamber to increase it. You just can't take EPO. Or actual blood doping is you take your blood out months in advance. You spin it around put the plasma back in, save the cells, and then the day of the race, you put the cells in, and by the time the race is over, if you time it out like Armstrong did, you, you'll be back to the normal count because your body will destroy the red blood cells. And then you also have the normal steroid most people are talking about, that's just pure testosterone, which our body naturally produces anyways. So all you're doing is increasing that level, and it doesn't actually make you better. It gives you pretty much the energy to make yourself better, so you still have to drive. And the last one, the big one, is human growth hormone, which is... I'm, I actually think everybody should be on. I personally, I think the goal of a, any animal is to achieve its perfect form. And we have the ability that all of us can be in our perfect form and we just don't use it. Well, and to Joey's point on the documentaries about bodybuilding and stuff, 
every single one I've always seen, they always start with like all this training and stuff, and then there's like the creepy music starts playing. I'm like, oh, do you take steroids? Well, yeah, I mean everybody does, but like just because you took him, you can't be like me. But I'm pro steroids, and the other thing is all this stuff about Joey talked about side effects and all that. All of them have been disproven. Like all that research <coughs> is pretty much big term right now is fake news. I don't know it's, it's fake news. The only real things that happen is your balls do shrink because you stop producing natural testosterone and that's where testosterone is produced and you'd get the bitch tits afterwards because your body combats the uh, high testosterone levels by increasing your estrogen levels and when you come off it, your body can't kick in. If you don't come off them correctly, your body will, might never make testosterone again. I believe it's your endocrine system that makes it. And your body yeah. might never get it back. So in order to make it right, because a lot of every, all these guys are doing it, and we've seen it in a, in a lot of times, like with guys like Vitor Belfort and just you name it. We've seen the effects of uh, when they take it and when they don't, and they don't come off it right. So you're saying until we get it more mastered, and with time everything becomes mastered. Every athlete that wanted to be steroids in, in a pro steroid world, like you're describing, everyone would have to have a perfect scientific team to come off it in order to be a healthy person after. Yeah, I just uh, it's almost like the same thing with stem cells and the debate against that. Like there's there's some mythological almost argument against steroids. Like we never used them back in the day. Carl Lewis, the track guy, got busted for he was taking amphetamines. He said he was taking a um he took a like a Claritin basically the Nora. Efren or whatever popped up. He was on meth when he was running. Like, that's what was going on. Boxers used to drink. I know. I know Hank Aaron and stuff like that back in the day taking greenies. That's pretty much just Adderall. Like, yeah. It's been going on forever. But the point I'm making is, I mean, you're just, I like your stance. I like, I like strong stances. But you're stepping into a world when you say I'm pro-steroid. That's a strong statement. That I, means it's, it's I'm just, not just it's pro-steroid on. pro-steroid in, like, the uh, athletic community. I think that. We need to perfect the science, and we could actually save like a lot of lives with steroids. So everyone's just gonna walk around ripped, basically, and that's and mad. The, well, the other, one and that, that's another thing I was gonna say is steroids are actually used medically. They're, well, yeah, they're, like, they're used on patients to help get rid of um, right for like your eye or uh, your ear. Uh, In terms of like common knowledge, people just refer uh, to steroids. They think of like shoulder uh, performance enhancing drugs, but really, it's um. Steroid is a broad term for any kind of, it's a certain type of lipid. We have them all over our body. Steroids in our uh, phospholipid bilayer of the cells, what keeps us from freezing to death in the winter. So let, let's get to the controversial part. So let's take the NFL or the UFC and talk about it. Right now, the UFC has a USADA. I mean, I, they, we talked about it once in the show. I think it's like, what, $10,000 for one of these tests? Yeah, it's like fifteen, ten thousand. 10000 So you're talking about a tremendous amount of money being spent on testing. NFL's got their own thing. People are getting popped all the time, even though I think there's a little more lenient. You still get guys getting popped for weed and, and pills and stuff like that and, and steroids. But um, a lot in the UFC. So, I mean, this is a lot of money and a lot of resources going in. So we just take the hands off the wheel and just let I them mean, go at it? Or should we continue this? Because it's becoming very expensive and very ridiculous. If, if this is just an opinion, but I think personally most fighters are on steroids. They're just so good at coming off them they don't get caught. It's not that hard. I disagree with these new tests, man. I think they started, we started to see it happen before our eyes. And, Tony, you can kind of back it on this. The UFC changed once USADA came in and started yeah, doing yeah. that. But when they, USADA started testing, Didn't they really used to have changed. more warning of the test coming, though, too? Weren't they just tested less often? Now USADA can just show up and test you whenever? Yeah. Did they changed the policy? It was like the NFL was then. You could it used to be it like they had out-of-competition testing, but you were notified ahead of time. Now it's like USADA just shows up at your house, and it's like, hey, right, 6 a.m., knocking on your door. That famous story. Piss about, in a cup and let me take your blood. About the two guys about to fight on June 4th. 
my boy Chael and uh, the king of them, the, two of the kings, Chael and Vanderlei, they got cornered in like an, al- an alleyway or something or a closet, janitor's closet or something like that. Well, yeah, Chael was like in a janitor's closet. Vanderlei was at his house. They showed up at his house to test him, and he doesn't speak that good of English. And so he was like trying to call his agent and his like lawyer and stuff somebody to translate for him and they wouldn't even let him make a phone call isn't uh yeah so it's was, strict wasn't the uh finally so wasn't he like one of the first ones with the random policy so like nobody knew what was going on chael and him were the first two and they basically did him at the same time and like vanderley had no idea what was going on so that's why they said that he ran us because he just like got in his car and drove to like his gym to yeah. like go talk to somebody. Some guy who, just came and said, pull your dick out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd also like to clarify if you're talking about the sports where you punch somebody like boxing and UFC, I'm not pro that. Cause you can actually, I mean, as jacked up as you juiced up as you can get these guys, if you take steroids, you can be like 180 pounds of lean muscle way faster. It's going to increase your performance like four times, right? Yeah. But punching somebody. One thing that I thought was like one of the issues with steroids was that because like it makes your muscles bigger, your heart's a muscle. So then, like, you can die of, like, an enlarged heart. Yeah, the the thing is, the percentage isn't that much higher, but, like, and it does do occur younger, but it's not. <laughs> you might die at 55. But it's just extra testosterone. Okay. I mean, the thing but is. But you're going to be ripped. If you're, list, if you're lifting you get a lot 40, of 400 pounds, or you're still lifting 400 pounds, you're going to put tension on your heart anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's another part of the problem making this negative stigmatism is we can't conduct proper research on the things. The problem is the real problem isn't the steroids that athletes are taking. The real problem is the steroids that kids are taking. That they're buying at your po- local powerhouse gym that have been smuggled in in some China man's ass from fucking Malaysia or something. You know what I mean? Another yeah. big another big argument with steroids and, and performance enhancers in general. Uh, Joe, you can kind of probably you probably heard about this and all that stuff, research stuff you were talking about. Uh, is the the battle of genetics. I mean, you you talk about, the, say, 100% of the people in the sport, you name the sport, were natural, natty, as they call it, when we're, the stuff we're talking about. They were all natty. You're going to have genetic freaks, and that's just how it works with athleticism. So you're already at a genetic disadvantage as someone or an advantage as someone, as an athlete. Man, when, when you start taking these high-quality performance enhancers and supplements and steroids and all this stuff... It just makes these guys superhumans, and it leaves out a lot of other people, which you should say nature is nature. If you can enhance it, go ahead, survival of the fittest. But it turns these guys into even more of beasts, and it just leaves a lot of people that are working their ass off behind. But I guess you could call that nature, right? One last side effect I do want to point out. When girls yeah. take testosterone, they do get hair, but that's what makes guy have, guys have hair all over their bodies is testosterone. In terms of real side effects that steroids actually have, that's a true one. So does that mean they have like a lot of testosterone since I'm a hairy fucking There's a animal? shitload of side effects. I, yeah, I, I mean, there's I was just kind of not... asking Joe a question there, but yeah, and that well, and that's what I was saying. Like, there's a lot of side effects, but they're not they're not anything that's like death related. You know what I mean? And then and then like Frank, like you were getting to like the genetic portion, like like got, got I mean, so take like an athlete like LeBron James, right? I mean, the dude is like the perfect body for basketball, and he's obviously very very good at it. Um. And so there's other guys out there, uh, maybe say like uh, I don't know, name someone else in the NBA who's like a gump. Uh, um, Steve Nash. A gump, sure, like Steve Glenn Big Baby Davis. There you go, Big Baby Davis. But he he's got to find a way to close that gap because he's not as fast, he's not as quick. He probably doesn't think the game as well, so he needs to, maybe he's a little bit of focus too, and uh, and he 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 might need those steroids. To try and close the gaps, which is why a lot of players, you know, take them. And the thing is, too, like a lot of people don't don't forget. And and Jerry, you mentioned kids, and I guarantee you, the kids make this mistake a lot. Is 
you don't you don't just take the steroids and then boom the next day you're waking up and, and biceps are, are popping like you have got to put it in the work to make the steroids work you know what i'm saying like there, there's gotta they, they only go as far as you go you know what yeah, i mean you can't and, and just granted, take steroids and become a monster it's like an eat a banana and all of a sudden you turn into a gorilla you know what i mean you can't it doesn't work right, that way. Yeah. as much as people and people do think that oh but that, yeah, it must be easy. He's on steroids. But that banana yeah, will give it, you pot- potassium, which will help prevent cramping. Yes, it will. But it's you like, still got to get like the same. Curl. It's like the same kid who buys uh, the whole allotment of supplements. You know, what I mean, like so many, he fills up his counter, but he doesn't gain a pound in three months because he just he just kind of does like he's whatever. He's set because he's got his supplements. And, he's all set. He's got his pill bottles and his meal plan, but he, he just doesn't participate. Yeah. Another problem with the kid aspect is just you shouldn't take testosterone before a certain age because you'll just mess your body up. Like if you're still developing, there's no. I'm not. I'm not saying to give it to 15 year olds. I'm just saying at like 25, you should be able to start taking them. Like I should be able to get yeah. it at the grocery store. Well, you can get. I mean, there's oh, some yeah. pretty pretty badass test boosters. I'm not gonna say. Can't if I, you like get it uh, just by buying meat anymore though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some good test boosters that are legal, but the, even those like I I got a nice. Uh, it's like a. Uh, pre-workout test booster type thing and right on the back of the bottle it's from gnc i bought it it was fairly expensive but right in the back it says most governing bodies will not sanction that you know don't take it and you can't take any of that stuff in, in like the ufc like we referenced yeah it's crazy how you can just get that stuff you would get popped at you from usada from what i take basically what also is crazy in this whole steroid thing that really just a fucking every time i think of it makes me like enraged is how the u.s senate went after baseball like that is not at all in their job description to be interviewing Mark McGuire about steroid use. I don't get why the government had any role in that. Like, maybe if they weren't fucking around with baseball players, we wouldn't be in some of the messes we are now with the financial crisis of two thousand. Well, they used the excuse of, oh, kids were looking up to these players, and now we found out all these players are taking roids to basically save baseball. I was, like, kind of a Joe Biden fan until I saw him up there interviewing McGuire. He's a tool shit. What are you doing out there? You know what I mean? That's the thing about this topic. that Now I'm starting, as we talk more and more and we escalate, I'm starting to feel like I'm having uh, roid rage because... Which also isn't real. Because because there's so many different ways. I mean, we could talk about this literally for a very long time. There's so many different controversial ways you can go about this because there's really no answer. Do you let let the boys play and just go? Do you regulate it like you said I was trying to do, but almost to to a detriment? Or do you do it for different sports? I mean, uh, I think that's what I think that's what the scary part is. I think that's what people are afraid of is okay. If we let them use steroids, like where, where, where is like the ceiling? You know, what I mean, where, where is the breaking where point? We're like, no, 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 that that's that's like too much. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying like it, it, it's like any other thing, and and you like I said, it's it taking that kind of stuff. It's gonna make you feel great. It's gonna make you play better. It's going to make a lot of things better for you, and it's a very addictive uh, thing to take. And I, I, I think, me personally, that that's a side effect that no one really understands. That's the side effect that that kills you. That's the side effect that fucking leads to downward spirals and things like that. Is that addictive personality you, you get from it? Because some guys just aren't that don't they have that great self esteem. You know, we don't know every player out there personally. They take steroids. It makes them feel better inside because they're performing better. They're getting more popular. They're getting that attention, right? And then, and then now, now what are they going to take? Now that they're getting the attention, yeah. they're going out to the the parties and and, and the, the the big ballers now, right? So now, now we're talking maybe some some recreational or, or pharmaceutical drugs that other players are giving them now because because they're the man and uh, the, you know now now it's a downward spiral. So I, I think it's like one of those things where. 
if you if you allow it to happen, you know, I mean, you, you give them an inch and they take a mile. You know, where where do we control it? Yeah, but I mean, keeping it like instead of worrying about controlling it, we should worry about exploiting it so we can make it safe. You know what I mean? Like if we actually did real research on it, we could make it safe within like two years easily. Okay. No, well, I, absolutely. I th- I I, I, I totally safe, agree with you there. I think we should research the shit out of it because. Uh, you know, who else out there we would probably benefit what's, from steroids? Uh, Frank my, my, what's his face? Uh, question right now. Boy uh, Jacko talks about those fucking 40 year old seals taking testosterone. He's like, what do you think I want next to me? Some 40 year old getting muscle cramps or some guy juiced up on testosterone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. think everybody in the military who's serving overseas should get the option. Like, you want to fucking be a muscle bound dickhead? Like, you know what I mean? No, I, I think, uh, I think steroids would be great for the military or any any type of performance enhancing drug. I mean, like you said, like some 35, 40 year old seal, a thirty five year old man uh, with all that military experience. That's a guy you want around performing at one hundred percent. One because that experience is so invaluable. Uh, you know, in, in in military operations, their calmness under pressure and their ability to like you know teach the younger guys and and, and help the younger guys. Like say, uh, you know, obviously I've never been to combat, but just reading about it and listening to it. Uh, it's some of them older, older warriors that, that bring up the young guys. And then when it actually goes down, the young guys are a lot calmer and they, they, they follow the leadership. Uh, they, they, they come out alive, you know what I mean? And they, they accomplish their mission. And, uh, and then obviously for the younger guys too, if they're on them, I mean, we want to perform better. And, and war, war is not a, it's not a game where there's a score, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's life or death. And I'm, I'm all about the United States. So, uh, if it means we're on steroids and we're killing more enemy and, uh, you know what I mean? And we're, we're coming home. Fuck it. Well, Joe, I think, uh, well, I agree with you first of all, and that's good. I mean, it's, Go a, it's a completely different realm from sports. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I said, I mean, you're, well, you're talking about killing people. I was going to reference Tim Kennedy. I, mean, I was going to reference Tim Kennedy. So I heard of him on a podcast. I was going to go talk about something else, but we've gotten way away from it in a matter of minutes. So I'm not even going to go back, but Tim Kennedy was on a podcast to your guys' point. And uh, he said that when he was in combat and there were some older guys and uh, they, they, they were just like, yeah, take these pills. You'll be up for days. And he just like, don't ask any questions. And um, basically they took these pills and they sure enough, they were up for like four days. And yeah, like, I forget no what problem. it's called, but they give it to fighter pilots. So, they don't so I mean, it's going on. I, I know Joe's, you know, he's making a point. And yeah, you probably know what's going on. It happens. So but that's happening. And that's why we're the best. And I think they're, they're, of, it's out there for sure. The only I'm not sure if I I'm probably digging my point across. For I sure. I'm not reiterating, but I'm just. There's no we reason not are. to take advantage of every technology we have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess the the last note would be uh, there really is not much of an answer. We're gonna have to wait and see because we've just talked about it for over 20 really minutes. We were supposed well, to go 15. It's, it's funny you mentioned it's funny you mentioned Tim Kennedy because uh, he was on the Jocko uh, podcast and they they started talking about steroids and fighting and he he said he's fought some guys who are on steroids and he, he's he's not he's not really for it. Um, he, he's actually against steroid use, and he said when you fight when you fight a guy on steroids, uh, you can tell you can tell there's just something more. You, you can tell they're really fucking strong once they get a hold of you. And uh, he said there's a big big difference between the guys on them and the guys off them. I'm sure we'll we'll see what happens, but right now it's it's definitely a controversial topic, and it's worth discussing. But we went way over than what we thought, but it was worth it. So well, it's a great topic. It's, it is a great topic. But we also got three other ones, and um, so we're gonna move on to gambling. And at first, when I heard this, show I, me the money. money. And at first, when I ta- thought about this, I'm like, okay, you got Pete Rose. I mean, what do we really got here? And Gerard's bringing up some good points about sports betting. He's got some takes that I don't necessarily don't agree with, but we'll uh, we'll get into it. I mean, 
I guess you can go a couple different ways. Should athletes be able to gamble in general? Should they be able to bet on themselves, their own team? Should um, sports betting be more or less regulated in general in the casinos and the, in the you know underground economy? I mean, you name the route you want to go. Jerry, you said a bunch of stuff pre-show that kind of bloom. I kind of was scratching my head. So, all right. Yeah. Well, I just I mean, <laughs> tee off a little bit and we'll chase really the ball. Basically. If you look at the numbers, the reason why the NFL is so successful is because of fantasy football. And it's mostly because people have money on their season leagues. So basically, sports betting keeps the largest pro league you know, going. But if you ask any of the executives, oh, no, we got to regulate it. We got to do this and that with sports betting and all this. People yeah, but add- also Vegas makes tons of money off the NFL. Yeah. So in sports betting it's, there. It's all just a money-making scheme. And if we're going to just... Instead of hiding it, like with steroid use, I say we just put it out in the open. Make so sport. you want the athletes to have a piece I'm and pro, a say. I'm pro athletes being able to bet on themselves. <coughs> I don't see any way that causes any disadvantage. I'm anti. I'm just going to get that out there right now. I'm anti. So, I mean, I'll, I can say you can further your point to try to sell it a little bit more, but I, I am anti. Well, it's just it's like the same thing with steroids. There's so much misinformation. Like Jordan missed two NBA seasons and allegedly he wanted to go play baseball. Everybody who knows anything knows that he got caught betting on himself. And he, David Stern and his dad got killed over his gambling debts. But they brush under the rug because it's Jordan. I've heard the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it got like, swept under the rug. He was corrupt. I mean, he he did some shady shit, but he's Jordan. And there's no way you're not telling me with all the it's in the NBA and stuff. It's so easy to point shave. It's already happening. So instead of keeping it hidden in these dark corners where athletes can do it and get away with it, there probably isn't. Athletes. Is this tinfoil coming out, or is this it's you have tin- evidence of this? Is this anecdotal or? I mean, uh, everybody thought uh, Rasheed Wallace was crazy when he was saying the NBA was fixed. Turned out that was right. Tim Donahue. That's, that's think, a good point. Tim Donahue. Ref, I forgot about that. All the refs, in, if you're talking about college and pro sports, there's only one that's a gambling addict. If you look at the percentage of people in the world that are gambling addicts, you're gonna have, see, you should see the same percentage in people that become referees. If anything, you might see more. Like This is kind of creepy, but a lot of pedophiles become teachers because they sick-ass mind thinks I can be around kids this way. Just like people who like fucking dead people become morticians. If you're a gambling addict, don't you think that maybe, just maybe a good career would be refing well, sports? Also, <laughs> oh, my God. I th- I th- what? <laughs> That's a good point. Well, it's hyperbolic. I'm sorry. It's a little graphic. I'm sorry, but these are just true things. That's what I think about at night. Yeah. I bet. Um, well, long I, nights. I long nights. Yeah, long nights. <laughs> yeah, dark. no, I was going to say, I mean, one thing is you see also you see a lot of athletes that have gambling problems, and it's because they're so competitive. That for them, it's like another way to compete is to bet. And like they'll play, you know, poker, blackjack, those types of things. Where to me, I'm like, if they're going to bet anyway, you can just be like, you can bet on everything but the sport you play. I can see where you're coming from. So therefore, you got like LeBron out there throwing 500 bucks down on Cleveland to cover their spread or something in football, but he can't be betting on. The Cavaliers to cover the spread, or right? Something like and that. I, I'm extremely uncomfortable, like say with a corner, a starting corner who's covering the number one wide out on a team, betting on himself to win or lose by a certain amount of win by a certain amount of points. Seven, like three minutes left in the game when he's covering the number one wide out, it just makes me un- uncomfortable. I mean, it, it just opens up this gate of just. I mean, you want to talk controversy, what this show is all about? That just opens up a gate of vice and sin. Yeah. I mean, okay, Stafford, man, I, I see your point. 
what's wrong? I got a hundred grand on my boys today. We're gonna go out. But then you know you get the guys who aren't making as much money as him, who are are making ends meet as far as the NFL is concerned or any sports concerned. Not all those guys are high paid. Yeah, that might and be they start creeping. They affect the game. If you figure in the NFL for about three years on average, you're making the minimum player making four hundred grand a year. It's only a million after tax. You got six hundred grand. Maybe game your lifetime. Put bet the house on it. All of a sudden, you got a career. Yeah, I, but then you run no. into the issue of. Like, there's going to be guys who know players who are playing through injuries that haven't been announced and stuff Inside like that. Inside info. Yeah, you, it's just so... I well, mean, yeah, that's why I'm saying you can only bet on yourself. This is going to turn into, like, well, ga- gangs of New York. Like, you, look, you look at uh, gambling, too, though. I mean, it's 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 uh, the people involved in gambling, not necessarily the players, but the people who kind of run the show behind the scenes are not necessarily the greatest people either. And, oh, I mean, this is, like, a too. silly analogy, but... Look at the movie The Longest Yard. I mean, the whole thing is about a guy who is shaving points, goes to prison, uh, you, you know, for, for other reasons. But when he gets to prison, um, you know, everybody fucking hates him there because he is, is what he did was just absolutely heinous. And, uh, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know where else I could go up, with that. But. <laughs> you're, you're just making a point. It's a good uh, that movie. I didn't even think about it when we t- uh, talked about this topic, but that's a good point. It's a good reference. But I just think that it opens up a gate for just – I mean, it's already controversial the, enough. It is a, Jerry, to your point, I think that there are a number of refs and a number of sports out there who are in some red tape with some bookies and some, some loan sharks and, and gambling people like the Underground Society of Las Vegas. I think they're out there. But I think if you just open up this, this gate that I keep uh, referring to in my analogy, I think if you open that up, it'll just make the corruption even more, and we'll lose We'll lose. The sports. gate I think you open is right now, if you see Stafford in a Las Vegas casino in a sports book, there's going to be a lot of questions raised in an investigation. Yeah. And if you say you can buy it yourself, you're obviously allowed to be there. What's different from slipping a 20 with the guy? Not, not a 20, that's a 20 20 grand us, or 20 something. 20 grand with the guy next to us to bet against the Lions to go out there. I think you open a very dangerous door. That is true. And the same thing with individual sports. Even if but you like, pick at yourself to win an individual okay, sport. What, what time? What round? It came out last year, the Powerball was rigged. That guy was hooking up his cousins and stuff. They were claiming in Iowa where you didn't have to clear yourself and then once you had to start declaring an eye where they got caught the monopoly guy just got busted for freaking hooking his boys up with the good game pieces like boardwalk and stuff like that and taking part of the money like well we can get, uh, you're, that's probably going to come up in our in the criminals in the playing time too that's in college all i'm saying is when you to. make it so they have to hide it makes them be sneakier but if they're out in the open it'll be easier to catch them you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but i mean the thing with like refing like jerry said is especially it's so easy in like sports to you aren't affecting who wins or loses the game really but you can affect the score of the game yeah the so pace w- the tempo if yeah, it's a yeah. higher low okay. over under football's a little hard but basketball where the ref did get caught it's so easy to shit like just call foul. all you have to do is call two in college basketball all you have to do is call two fouls on their best player in the first like five minutes they don't play the whole get first him in half foul trouble. game's over or you can bet on the over and just have people shooting free throws all day yeah, but you know how they're going to have to call if they're on a brick show. I'm just talking. It's not not that hard to fix it. In football, I'm just calling strikes instead football, of football. There's a holding call. You can call holding yeah. every play. The old cliche. You can call holding every play. There can be flag. Yeah, you can just flag move teams down the field until they're in scoring range. They punch in touchdowns. And we're getting far off. Time. Yeah, we're the, we're the most controversial calls in football is pass interference. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. how many how many times do we see pass interference and we're like bullshit? 
bullshit, gotta, bullshit, no, bullshit. You know what's controversial about that is some weeks they're like, oh, they're really letting the boys play out here. And it's like, well, well, isn't the rule steadfast that this is pass interference and this isn't? Well, and the thing about pass interference, if you use that as a, a specific example, is maybe that, they that's bet the, on the under. That's the play where you can, you're talking about a, num, a chunk of yards that can really affect the game in a matter of seconds. 60, you can have a 60 yeah. yard call. That's why the people talk about the 15 yard thing. And it, it's not really getting off topic because it goes with gambling. No, I was about are, to say The refs are a big part of it. But no, I, th- I, th- I think it's easy to fix. All you gotta do is put example. Ovechkin in the box for a little while. Just keep calling penalties. How many games do you see the penalties one side? Well, in hockey, I think it'd be a little more flagrant than it'd be harder to pull off in hockey with as far as penalties. You keep throwing Ovechkin in the box, and it's not obvious. It's tough. But How many football, times have you seen a game where one team had like twenty penalty minutes, the other team had four? Many, but I, I'm just saying uh, your specific thing of gang ganging up on Ovechkin or something like that is a little. Oh no, not well, a, lot, a lot of those games where I've seen lopsided penalties though is when like. Back when the wings were just like dominant and they never yeah. took penalties, and then and you know guys were just hooking and clutching to to try and you know keep keep up and stuff. But I mean, hockey's a little different, I think. Like, it's only just, five guys. Everybody has this vision, and I th- not to get back on serious, but it's like why the Senate had to get involved. Everybody has this vision about what American sports is supposed to be, and it's not like that at all. And the fact of the matter is, when you hide it and repress it, it makes the problem worse. You know well, what I mean? Well, my favorite is the fact that you got to pop the zit. The Senate has a law like. The, the U.S. passed a law against, you know, online gambling in the U.S. But here's the problem, especially with offshore sports books online. There's, there's they said they said it was like a three billion dollar industry, and that way, if they sanction it, then they can get a cut yeah, of the pot. Yeah, let's get a, let's get a percentage of the three billion. Three billion go a long way around these parts. Well, that's the thing, man. Like the, when we hear these things, and we're starting to kind of hear about it more with uh, the UFC, especially like. Uh, the New York State Athletic Commission and the Los Angeles Commission, California State Athletic Commission. Like, these commissions have so many rules and regulations and so much shit that they do. That So many uh, little uh, tiny lines below. They're making a killing, and they're just really regulating it a lot, and it goes with gambling. It, it's all tied together, man, especially in Las Vegas. Not to mention, These like, commissions are ridiculous. The thing is, right now the law is if you have – if you want to play home – games in your state for college football you can't have a sports book unless you were grandfathered in like uh new jersey and um las vegas so like we have three casinos in detroit pretty rare three casinos in one city obviously a lot of gambling addicts kind of sad but we'll get to that problem another day but there's so no sports books why can't you have a sports book oh because a college player might come down and shave points yeah maybe like, like they can't just find a bookie like they, go- can't, they literally can't drive across a river it's just fucking ridiculous. Gambling? I'm just glad I Who's never... Who's playing in the NBA today? Like, the Celtics and whoever the eight seed is got to be playing today, something like that? I have no idea. I'm tuned out. They could shave points. It's, it's, it's not hard. Yeah. Gambling is just a, a terrible vice, man. I, I'm glad I never got that gene. Yeah, but... if, we're, if we're looking at the vice aspect of it, yeah, it's a horrible thing. But if as long as it's going to be legal... It's happened. It's been one of, the oldest it thing, one of the oldest traditions in our I society. Mean, it ourselves. Uh, people look at it, you know, and they try to, I guess... It's almost like the same thing with steroids, right? We, you know, with steroids, say, for for instance, fighting, we try to to defend the, the safety of the players because on steroids, they're going to punch harder, they're going to grapple harder, uh, and, and, and it could, you know, ruin their health that way. Um, so in, in, in gambling, um, if, you, if you read Darren McCarty's uh, book, uh, he, he had kind of a gambling issue, and he didn't get paid that much by NHL standards. Yeah, he, he was, I mean, his best year, he's getting paid a million dollars. Well, he he would give money to friends, and that's another issue. But he would also gamble. You know, when they go out west on trips and stuff uh, on the road, 
he'd hang out in casinos and shit. Uh, if they went to L.A. to play the Kings, he'd uh, he'd go over to Vegas and, and fucking uh, gamble over there and shit. I mean, yeah, and then you look at his issues uh, when he left Detroit uh, originally to go to Calgary and stuff. He had a lot of lingering issues with him when he left, and uh, it, it just kind of almost ruined the player's career and, and their legacy. You know, so I think I think that's another aspect that people people aren't just doing it to like be like the, the sticklers, like the the principles of the league, and and being like, yeah, like th- th- this this is like the heritage of the sport, and this is not what it's supposed to be like. It, it it comes down to like, hey, listen, we're also trying not to ruin your fucking lives. Like, we want our athletes to like be legends, you know, go to the Hall of Fame and and, and continue to be, uh, you know, shining stars in the sport because. They could still contribute a lot afterwards, you know what I'm saying? You know, like in management positions and whatnot. And they, they can't do that if they're if they're out of money and they're they've got all this this fucking issue. I mean, look at look at Charles Barkley, like probably probably a really great basketball player, and uh and his his legacy's tainted because we all make fun of him for his gambling issues and shit. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think we should the thing is I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd almost I'd put almost all my shit on it that the percentage of gambling addicts in professional sports is almost maybe marginally but like not an actual big enough difference from what the, it is in the normal population to the point that it actually is any different like if you're a gambling addict you're gonna gamble no matter what there's yeah. no i mean it's well, gonna yeah. happen the, like i mean they don't really have time to be doing too much gambling because they didn't think about it but if you legalize it for them you know who could open up pandora's I mean, Daniel box white's got a horrible gambling issue i mean he's obviously making enough money doesn't matter but i think gambling yeah. It should be right where it is. It's just fine. It needs to be carefully looked at because there's a lot of corruption already and it's inevitable. But I think at the end of the day, we, we could talk about all these topics so the sun goes down, which I, we can't. But at the end of the day, I said I'm anti for sports on themselves or them, their own sport. I'm anti that. But as far as gambling goes, yeah, man, it's been going on for millions, thousands of years. I think we can all agree that we're pro like the online gambling should just be legal in the United States. So the United States gets the piece of that money that's going like Bavada and places like that yes to gambling no to the sports and gambling what about you tony i mean i have i guess kind of said earlier i have no issues with the athletes betting as long as they're not betting on the sport that they play that's what i'm saying not themselves or their sport yeah don't bet on yourself or your sport because you probably are gonna have some inside information yes i agree yeah i agree with tony i mean the only betting they can do on themselves is like you know lebron looks over to kevin love and goes hey I got 20 bucks that says uh, you're not going to score 30 points tonight. <laughs> so Jerry's just got the D-Generation X, X hanging up. He's just throwing up the X. Do whatever I don't, you want. I don't, you should be able to buy yourself. I don't get inside information, so you did a little bit of research. What do you think handicappers have? The people who make the lines. So we just, if you're saying, oh, no, inside information, the people who make the lines in Vegas, that's all they have. <clears throat> that's what they live on. They literally get paid to say this is how big. You know, it's They're ridiculous not players, how good though. they are. If you look at how many times they get like within one point of what the actual spread on the game is, the point differential, how close their spreads are. Yeah, I consider myself. But they have like, quite com- a, but there's like computer programs and stuff that predict that too. They didn't have computer programs in the seventies and shit. Also, one thing that you'll note that I don't know if you know this, like I was reading up on sports betting one time, and they actually set like the over under higher than they think the score will be. Because of the fact, they're like, okay, this is probably going to be like, we think the score is going to be around 70. We'll set the over under at 72. Because they know that most of the public money will come in on the over. Because people have a natural inclination to want to see more points scored. Yeah, for sure. And also, I mean, sports books, when you're talking about 
casinos and shit, obviously in blackjack they win because they just a dealer's playing five people. Their odds are in their favor. When you go to like a, the sports betting, how that makes money for a casino, most of the times on games, it's like a wash. It's about 50-50 because people are going to put money on both sides. Well, yeah, the spread adjusts to where people yeah, are that putting helps money. Them, what really helps them are on games when you think one team's just going to dominate the other one and then somebody hits like a buzzer beating three that flips the spread the other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that one will be enough. To, they took a bath on the Ronda Rousey Holly Holm fight because Holly Holm was going off as a nine to one underdog, and so all the rich people in the world were like nine to one. Like you can't you can't pass up nine to one. Like just, yeah. For our listeners out there, you get nine to one on anything for like a hundred dollars or less. You should take it. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you just said that because when you when you start going off on things like this, it's very interesting to me because I know you two, but you kind of have to when we're speaking to the mass, you kind of have to generalize things a little bit because you're kind of you're kind of going quick. So if you got a point, you got to kind of my points. You got to like, dumb it down a little bit. Not that the listeners are dumb, but that's just how it works when you talk to the masses. But also, I mean, when we're talking flying. about stuff like that with Ronda Rousey, like it was Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunez fight. Nunez was a not a huge underdog, but she was like a two to one underdog, and Rousey was the favorite in that fight because of the name recognition. So there was just tons of public money on her. So that was like when Nunez won. The casinos did pretty well that day. Yeah, I'm either having deja vu or I think we talked about that, but you're right. That's, yeah. that it happens more than you think. But, um, yeah, so it's, I mean, again, man, all these topics, you can go round and round, but um, we all kind of know where we stand, and we'll talk about something which we're all kind of— So where do you stand? Are you pro sports? But I, he you're pr- he agree much, with us. You're against. I'm the one for Okay. Let's go. He's on our team. But, um, okay, Ladies so we kind of been we kind of been doing this throughout the show, but we're, next we're talking about fighting in sports, and— um, Physical fighting. So we can take a couple angles on this, and I'm excited for this one because I got a strong stance on it. So the only sport besides UFC, obviously, in boxing and wrestling is uh, is hockey where we see true fighting. Now, I have a big opinion on, the, on one of the famous ones, the old quote-unquote brawl in baseball games where you see when the pitcher starts throwing controversial pitches at the batter who could the be catcher dropped. comes out and, and you know, the whole team comes out and everyone starts holding me, hold, hold me back, broing and, uh, and shoving and, and nothing see, happens for an and hour. And the funny thing is when you sit in the outfield seats and you're looking at the, uh, bullpens and you see that like fat reserve catcher come trotting like, out. Like, yeah. Oh, here he comes. It's on now. <laughs> the fat catcher all the way from the outfield to the pitcher's mound. Here he comes to go stand there. Like a whole shove a couple I guys think around. Everybody in the, this isn't controversial. What I'm about to say Baseball dugout clearing is the stupidest thing in the four major sports in America. It's, we, it's we've said pussies. it before on this show. The guys are like out there like, let me go, let me go. Wait, hold me back, hold me hold back. Hold me back, bro. Oh, okay. just, hold on. They just stand there, Time yell, out. point, and shove, and then maybe one person throws a punch. Let, let me set the – see how excited everyone is for this topic? This is probably going to be the best one out of the, out of the four, maybe the next one too. But let me finish setting it up. We can talk about it all we want. But baseball, though you see the baseball brawl. In basketball, we've seen it a couple times, most famously here in our own city at the Palace when we had our test, you know, rabbit punching a fan and um, getting suspended for 60 games. You can talk about uh, guys in the penalty box who have attacked fans in hockey. So we could take a couple angles and variables on this. Uh, player on player fighting. Um, should it be legalized in other sports besides hockey? Um, what about the fans? Obviously, I think we're all going to agree that you shouldn't be engaging with the fans but i mean it happens and it's a big scene and fun when it does well like tim howard goalkeeper for the u.s men's national team soccer too yeah also he's also the goalkeeper for the colorado rapids and mls they just played a game in kansas city last weekend and he was getting heckled by the fans and his defense played like shit in front of him so he gave up a bunch of goals 
And so then after the game, he attacked a fan who was heckling him. It's like, dude, if you can't handle being heckled by a fan, don't fucking play the game. Tony, I think what you just said is one of the most ludicrous statements in America. People stand behind those bleachers. I've done, I'm guilty of it myself. I'll be the first to admit it. I feel the thing is Jimmy Clausen, when he went to Notre Dame, that I would not be proud to hurt played over again in my life. I was calling him a pedophile. I'm not going to repeat what I said. People stand behind those fucking bleachers like they're the gates of Azkaban or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah, heckling's been going on for like a long you're, time. I, I'm not a, a big grown fan man, of it. But. Okay, with women, obviously nobody's punching women. But as a grown man, if you call another man a bitch, you need to be expected. Like, you need to know that you might get swung at, no matter what scenario it is. And just because they're on a field and you're in the stands, they make millions. If you insult somebody's like women, children, anything, you insult them, like, you better be prepared for the consequences. We act like you're just above reproach when you're in the fans. Really what fans need to do is just make smart insults that are funny but not so hurtful. But, well... And, and you know, honestly, yeah, I think... Yeah. I think fighting is something that's that's really missing from basketball. You know, what I mean, I, I think basketball they're just so soft and it's so shitty. Uh, you know, what I mean, they're, they're just like a bunch of. I mean, to me, I think basketball belongs only in the WNBA. Period. Um, because because men men shouldn't be playing that kind of a sport. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna like hit a dude Joe, going to the net, dribble, knock him out. Joe, NBA in the '80s was pretty good. <laughs> Well, no, no that, I, that's what I'm saying. Let you me need back to go him back up. to like how it was for the bad boys. Like your 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 plan, clotheslining people. Bro, yeah, it should be the Jordan the rule. Any best player to the floor as hard down. as possible. Yeah, now it's like they tap them and they flop on the ground. They're almost as bad as soccer players. What's ridiculous about that is all the NBA players, like all the analysts that were just players, were like, "Oh man, I wish it like, was like." It was, I wish it was like it was in the 80s, but nobody's changing those rules. Well, listen, in basketball, and that's, I'm so glad Joe said this. I it's forgot about everybody it. loves to see scoring. Tony, you got to let me go, bro. You're cutting me off twice now, it is. But let me just say something. So in basketball, it's like the most – I'm not even – it's both – everyone in the NBA, I'm just going to say NBA players, you know, they're supposed to be these tough guys. You know, they're from, you know, from all these different places, and a lot of them come from urban backgrounds and all this stuff. They're supposed to be so tough, and there's a lot of talk. And all these soft fouls and all these whistles that we're getting now, yeah, at least in the 80s, even then, you didn't have guys say, hey, uh, there's a rule to where if you got beef, you box, bare knuckle box, and then you got to sit out for five minutes like in hockey. You know, at least then you can clothesline someone or horse collar them, and it was, you know, a hard foul. Now it's soft, and these guys are like six foot nine and ripped and come from the hood, and you never see any action. The most action we saw was with the fans. And it was a it was a huge national upgrade. I I think it's soft, man. I'm not going to say yeah. it should be only for women because I do enjoy playing basketball. Didn't but... the fan throw a beer at test before he punched him? It was a yeah. water. Okay, threw it was, a water. It was yeah, it was some kind in of. In these two but... United States, where I grew up and pay my taxes, that's assault. So any action that follows should not be punished on our. But test don't you think ball. an athlete should be held accountable a little more? Of, I mean, you, you got to expect heckling. Like goalies get their name chanted over. They shouldn't be should they bust the glass down and. And take somebody like start the buses and stuff like that. Yeah, it's straight, but like some of the shit people some people say to get fans, kicked out for heckling. You can get kicked out. It takes a lot to get kicked out, but you. But it's a huge thing in baseball. Grown men, which I'll never oh, no, get, no. go and heckle. Pump the brakes. You gotta pick your sports. I think NBA they should get more aggressive with the fouls. Probably not fight. NHL fighting is good. NFL <clears> you can't fight because you're in a suit of armor. And MLB should just it's a pastime, not a sport. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to go hey, better, 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 swing, better, better, better. That's straight with me. But, like, no fighting in baseball. I think they just need to talk about so the NBA. They shouldn't just, in, in NBA or baseball, they shouldn't be allowed to just fight until the ref pulls them apart. I mean, if it gets that, if you if you undercut somebody, yeah, you should probably scrap afterwards. But, like. Like, they should all just circle up, make a half moon or a, a full the circle. The classic one is, fight. was it Kirk Rambis taking out Larry Bird or did Kurt Rambis get taken out? 
I forget. By like Parrish. Wherever that Celtics Laker, that classic one where he literally just clotheslines him when he's going for a wide <laughs> open layup, that should be. Like, if that happens, you should get up and, like, at least square up afterwards. Yeah, but. don't you think this, too, with that being... if that, say, And we're, looking, we're going down a hypothetical world, and this is never going to happen. But if that were to happen, don't you think it would cut down on the crime, if you will? Because, I tell you what, you start letting them go at it for real, like, after a hard foul and all this soft stuff going on, real quick it'll become the schoolyard where yeah, you're, you're gonna not going to gonna mess with the big dog. With the amount of money they make, they like start jail. making business decisions out there and, like, should I go, like, go to... Well, it's a flavor. It'll be like a prison mentality. It'd be like it'd be the alpha male. It'd be a lot different is what I'm saying. There'd be a lot less fouls, I think. And the well, people, what I think is funny about baseball is... No, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. The bench is clear, and then no punches are Nothing thrown. happens. But then, like, the one time, like, there was the time Kevin Euclid freaking threw a punch at Porcello... And Porcello just hip tossed him, and they suspend Por- Porcello for ten games. And that's like the coolest thing that's ever happened in all these brawls we see like, every year. In this somebody ha- actually fought a brawl, and you're going to suspend him. We're talking about a hip, point well, of the hip brawl. toss. What I'll never understand about baseball is the whole name of the game is getting runners on base. Like, so what? You got pegged. You know what that is? A chance to score a run. Moneyball one hundred and one. Right, and I can see why they storm. See, it's not just the storming that gets me because you know a, a, a baseball pitcher. And the and the batter, he's a bat. It's a weapon. Know, if you, if you get pitcher, hit by a yeah, that's what I'm mile, a, ninety mile per hour ball on purpose, man. Yeah, that, you're that taking my words. I was just gonna say it's a weapon. Like it's a weapon that you're using. So I get charged in the mound. But if you're gonna charge the mound, fight him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kneecap when these the players bat. were oh, yeah. growing up, you could still hit. You pitchers could still hit batters when these players were growing up. Yeah, I mean, you so could, they made a decision at some point <laughs> in life to play a sport where you might get hit by a baseball at a really high speed. They made a choice. Nobody's forced right. the players to be but out there. At the same time, a I pitcher got hit can, by pitchers all the time playing baseball growing up. Never once charged them out. A pitcher has the ability, though, and to Joe's point, to throw 100 miles an hour and hit you in the temple if he wants to. Like, like within a high percentage rate. They invented helmets for a reason. Okay, Jerry, but I'm being, I'm, I mean, I, I'm usually <laughs> no, the one being, I'm being, I'm being real here. You're just kind of being a cartoon go for character. The head, but I'm just saying I don't get why it's such a big deal. The whole point is if you hit my better, I hit yours. It's a checks and balances game. Right. So, But if you charge the mound, don't you think that something should happen? Uh, the most that happens is a, all these brawls, and then to, all we can dig up is a hip toss or a broken hand by a pitcher because they don't know how to throw a real punch. And it's just why charge the mound? If you're going to do it, no, just— a, Yeah, I'm saying no I think, fighting I in think baseball. you should just let them fight like they do in hockey. That's what like I said. On until, yes. But, like, like make, them, make them fight until one of them is just, like, absolutely knocked out cold. We, put them on a stretcher. We, no, tap out. No, or tap out or just hit the right. I want to see people go to the hospital. That's what you I want blood. I well, get it. I mean, we always reference hockey as you know the fighting, and like they do. Technically, they don't really fight anymore. Honestly, it's gone down, and I'm not happy about it. They can still go, but I mean, you can't really fight grapple in hockey. I mean, once the, you're the down, thing is, you're hockey down. is it's necessary to have fighting because all the creepy shit you can do in hockey because you have a stick and two knives on your feet. There has to be a checks and balances. Well, there's still a lot of honor in hockey, though. I mean, there's like that kind of bittersweet. I'm not respect. saying every like you know Joey was worried last week about the women's division turning into WWE. I'm not saying we have to fight every week. I'm just saying, like, we don't need to be scared of confrontation anymore. You know what I mean? I think there's a basic fear of confrontation in all these leagues. Like, they go up and tap somebody on the head. LeBron rolls around for 15 minutes. Yeah, basketball is the prime example of why it's it's just so soft. And it, the littlest things, they should just be able to actually fight or else not and just end it and just call it soft and then it would be kind of like the WNBA because that's what's NFL coming to NFL players there's just no reason to fight you know what I mean there's no yeah. reason that you no the NFL you just you get them back on the next play that's a whole different thing I mean you don't you don't go yeah. low but you NFL just light them up you know you, you're wearing a helmet and pat you just light them up yeah. get them those helmets are those helmets are so heavy and hard man it, it's like almost like dude like 
What are you gonna do? Just break your hand? Like, well, is, I, that, is that what you're about to do right now? Is literally break your hand on a football helmet? Andre Johnson with it? I don't know. You guys were both just talking at the same time. I didn't hear any. Anything. Corlin Finnegan took his helmet off and tried to swing it at Andre Johnson when they were scrapping. Oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember that. That was so stupid. Brandon Merriweather was at the University of Miami. Took his shit off and ran all the way across fifty yards across the field to smack somebody. With we it. had Garrett <laughs> Blunt sucker punch that guy, right? I'm pro that that guy was talking shit. <clears throat> yeah, he I won mean, the game. He gets to talk shit, dude. You don't talk shit to somebody who can take you. If there's one thing I've learned in my life that is an astute fact, you only talk shit to somebody that can take you if they're your friend, or if you're far enough away they can't catch you. Yeah, fighting. Um, so I don't know. I, it's a, it, there's the, we talked about like what four angles you can go. Obviously, it's just barbaric to go after the fans. I Jerry seems to kind of have a you know kill or be killed. I think that the the athletes should be held accountable and be able to take the heckling okay. and uh, not I, attack fans. I agree that uh, is pro, that fair. Pro players should have the decorum, 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 little decorum, not to go into the stands and punch people. But as a grown man, you have to walk out your door knowing that if you call another grown man some of the shit they call him, you might get hit. That's all I'm saying. But I'm a, saying it's not that bad. Maybe by another fan. I'm down with fan. That's a whole other thing we could get into is fan brawling. Oh, no. That needs to be – that's that's ridiculous. They're putting people in the hospital. Yeah, people stuff. are that's, dying from that. I, but I, it's a, I mean, you go to a game now, it's uh, you could lose your life if you do the wrong thing. I'm a Packers fan. I would probably never go to a Green Bay – People with your mentality, not, seriously, are the ones that are getting stomped, too. The ones that – you know, you just said you've been to games and calling people pedophiles and stuff like that. Well, I did it in Michigan State Stadium. Right. Surrounded by thousands of people who shared my views. Yeah, but uh, who's uh, – a lot the, of those fairies aren't going to back you up if some Ohio State fan happens to be there, though, dude. No offense. It's kind of like that bystander mentality. Ohio State fans whip batteries at people as they come in from the opposite team. That's what I'm saying. But if there was an Ohio State fan, I don't think that these teams, even though you cheer for the same team, I've come to find out. I've been to a lot of – never big fights, but I've seen some pretty big arguments at sporting things. Fights were almost going to go down. And you might think that it's a big army and you're all going to – Fight, but most people are just going to stand by and watch. You yeah, when I was at, uh, and it doesn't matter if you're wearing a state jersey. I saw jersey. a Kentucky guy when they lost to Wisconsin the Final Four. He was getting all upset, and you know, Indianapolis is big Hoosier country, and they hate Kentucky. Why? I don't know. They're both Klansmen, but uh, um, wow. so let me guess, the Kentucky guy, the Kentucky guy, guy, no, he whooped the fuck out of one guy, then all the Indian fan, Indiana fans jumped in, and he got his ass beat. Okay, see, well, that's good for those fans, but I, maybe it Michigan's I mean, it was literally 20 on one, so I mean, you know your odds. Yeah, but I mean, talking about sports, we kind of said, like, hockey, it's okay. But at the same time, hockey, they're, like, trying to get rid of fighting. Yeah, I, I think that's stupid. They're getting rid of it, but it's still there. You fight a guy, you get your five Which minutes. Is, well, that, that, that ties into the whole concussion thing, because because in hockey, it's such a uh, it's such a big deal, the fighting and everything, is you have, you have players who... Are, are their their roles are specifically to be fighters and the problem with that is they they get these concussions from fighting and they, they fight so often they're in a lot of pain uh another i'm gonna bring up mccarty again he's on medicinal marijuana because his hands are so fucked up and they're all his knuckles are always uh uh fuck you know in pain but they they they, they uh they're always in so much pain they get addicted to painkillers and, and other drugs and that's how some of these guys have committed suicide well, that's uh, an issue for a whole other day. The whole paint will be there. That could be another controversy. Do you see how Joe did that, though? He he, he wants the basketball and the uh, baseball players to beat the hell out of each other, but he's had, he got sympathy for the hockey players. <laughs> Poor Darren. Well, I'd also Poor like to Darren. express fighting no, another person is a choice. I'm just saying, like, that's, that's the reason why they're trying to get rid of it no, because could, you got all just, these tough guys. They're the only ones <clears> really killing themselves right now, man. You don't see guys like Eiserman who scored 5,000 goals and, you know, didn't barely fought at all in their career. No, you, you got know, your bruisers, the bruisers. Or, yeah, but I yeah, mean, at the same I mean. time, though, without the fact that McCarty was a bruiser, you think he was going to make a million dollars a season? 
You think you could do any other job and make a no. million dollars? No, I do. I'm not. I'm not trying to argue the point. I'm just saying that's why. Like that. That's why they're trying to get rid of fighting. Everyone's yeah, trying to get rid of all contact is, to the head. Is what he's saying. All get, contact. Getting rid of fighting stuff. When you fight somebody, you're making a choice. Like just because fighting's legal doesn't mean you have to do it. You know. No, like, I agree. Yeah, and the thing is too is a lot of those tough guys too in the league. I mean, they're they're so well liked by their teams because I mean, like think about it in the locker room. That's the guy that's sticking up for you every game. Say you're the star player. That that tough guy in your team, he's he's like the designated guy, and he's almost like your best friend because every single game he's out there, uh, fucking fisticuffs for you, making sure you're safe on the team and protecting you, and and the whole team loves him because he, he you know it gets the team going. Everybody likes a fight, you know, it sparks the team, and everybody loves a good fighter. And and off the ice, it's it's kind of funny. All these guys are really great dudes, and especially in the community and stuff like that. So it's like people Wasn't rally around him, and then when they, when something bad happens to him. From from all this, you know, they like uh, I think how was the guy's name? Uh, he played for Minnesota, but he uh, he killed himself, and then and, you know it, it brings a lot of other players, it brings a lot of other people down, which is which is what gets the league going and, and, and trying to stop the fighting. But Jerry, I agree with you. It is a choice. Like like some someone like if someone comes someone walked in here right now and said, hey Joe, you're a bitch. I I have the choice to get up and, and try and beat his ass. Or the choice to just sit here and ignore him and, and continue on with the show. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just, yeah. it, it comes down to that. And and uh, and yeah, to to be a fighter in the NHL, I mean that that's a big thing. And that and, and Jerry, to another point, I bring up McCarty again just because like he's the only guy I've read his book on. There there are guys who fought McCarty later in his career that needed to keep their jobs. Uh, they 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 go they get to the faceoff circle. They be like, hey Darren, uh, I came up. They said two games. I, I gotta make it five. I gotta feed the family. You mind if we throw down? Darren's like, yeah, dude, let's go. Puck drops. They fight. Guy gets to stay a couple of games uh, up in the, up in the league because he's he's doing his job. And he's fighting. He fought Darren McCarty. It, it's like it's like there's it like it's like a little fraternity that people barely even know about, and it's it's one of those secrets of the game. Uh, a lot of times when when fighters fight, it's to help each other keep their jobs. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot less of that, which is sad. Of those fighters coming up and trying to get those couple game contracts it goes to the point of the whole not fighting. But yeah, that's. Well, I mean, we're not going to get to it, but with CT and all that stuff, yeah, it does mess up your brain. It's a deep brain bruise and stuff like that. But like, as a suicide rate really that much? I don't know. That's how, dude, we can't go down that road. We're it's already going like, way over. And uh, so we got we to gotta talk about the, the most fun part um, fighting. We, we covered fighting in sports. So now. This is probably going to be my favorite one. I've said that in the third and fourth one. Now, this is going to be a favorite one, and we're finished with the, the grand finale, which is crime. Now, for our fans, we're going to be throwing out some words like, you know, laundering and rape and rape culture and it, stuff like that. So be prepared. Uh, but there is a lot of crime in college and pro sports that go on that we hear about. There's a lot of crime that goes on that we don't hear about. There's a lot of corruption, controversy, which is the, t- the whole point of this show. And... Uh, here we go. Crime in sports. So, and in, in this pr- pertains to playing time. Where is the glass ceiling? Where does it stop? What are the boundaries? If you can play outstandingly, can you have like three DUIs and start at wideout? Um, can you be accused of multiple rapes on a college campus and still be pending and get playing time on the field? Where do you guys want to go with it? I mean, come on. Um, clearly, the way that they're doing it right now, you can. No, right. no. I mean, ever since the Baylor thing, now once you get a Q, which I think is absolutely, I'm not trying to be like misogynist or anything, but it's absolutely ridiculous that if you're accused of something and haven't proven guilty, that you suffer any consequences. We live in a country where the Constitution states you're innocent until proven guilty. You shouldn't be face any penalties until after proven guilty. 
But I then, yeah, I put them in a box. But you guys know my I took the stance that when the Baylor stuff started coming out, like let the police do their jobs. If the if our criminal justice system deems it okay for them to be walking the streets with us, I think it's okay for them to play as much as they want on the field. Yeah, but that's not saying like if you're accused of a felony and you've been indicted for it, you still lose certain rights until you're found innocent. Yeah, like I said, if you're allowed to walk the streets, you should allowed to play on the field. Okay, well, let's take it a different route then. I think that that's a fair point that most people would agree with. If you're free to walk the streets, you're free to play, even though you get some backlash, but the coaches do it all the time. So let's do this then. Let's say you got some of these JUCO guys. Well, you know, one of my favorite little players that haven't come out in the pros yet, but uh, your boy, he tore up state, played for Rutgers, Carew. He body slammed his girlfriend, and I think he, there was sexual assault or something like that. He but I'm not touched on this year for the yeah. Dolphins. Okay, cool. He was on my fantasy team, but I didn't play him that game, I guess. But anyways, <laughs> I'm not going to use him as an example. There's, <laughs> there's guys like that. He went through a couple um, different things. So there's JUCO guys who were criminals, and um, then they went into the actual college, and they eventually go pro. So let's say a guy is, is charged with rape and goes to jail for a year. And um, or like some kind of like, you know like statutory rape goes to jail for a year, serves his time to the community, just like someone like Michael Vicker with the dogs, and they serve their time. What about that? What, yeah, what you t- paid your debt to society. So you paid your debt to society. You're good to play. I you're waiting like for the, your debt to society. You can play. The crew guy. That's the only game he played in that season. They only put him in first Michigan State because they knew he'd tear up their secondary, and then they suspended him for the rest of the season after that. So like I've always said, if you have talent, you will play. So instead of getting around it, you walk the streets, play on the field. <laughs> so no yeah, matter if it's my murder, thing with college students is most colleges, if you're under investigation for, like, anything that's on the felony level, you're not allowed to be a student there unless you're an athlete, basically. That's fucked up, too. Well, that goes against your point, though, because you just said they should be playing if they can't be a student. So they should be a student and not No, I'm saying play. it's fucked up that they can't be a student. Like he's, I think Tony's talking about all college students in general. If you're facing a felony, you can get kicked out of school. But what does facing a felony? Does that mean indict? So if someone just says, "Yeah, this my my boyfriend beat the fuck beat the hell out of me last Friday when he was belligerent," that's that's investigation. That's grounds under almost every school's code of ethics. Well, then I got to go against you. That's, that's the case because dude, dude, we're seeing it more often, man. And we it's a it's a dark road. You have to preface by saying that. But even though I know the like, lot of bad I've known students who got a DUI. And they had to go before our school like ethics board and argue their case for why they shouldn't have to miss a semester. Of okay, school. I'm gonna let Frank finish okay. and I'll address yeah, that. I mean, Tony. you went to I mean Lawrence Tech. We're talking about sports here, Tony. There's I mean we're talking about athletes. But I'm saying They have athletics now. Band. But uh, okay, so not that there's anything wrong with band, I'm sorry. They're getting a football game. I, I forgot you guys were all right. Let me finish. Oh, black football? Yeah, there you go. So what I was saying is as much as it's going on. It's not going on. And what I mean by that is, yeah, places like, uh, what is it? What's the college? Is the, the bad Duke? Or what's the bad Baylor. One? Baylor. Like the places like that. Where Michigan athlete, State's also facing three, four players. Been kicked State, the Baylor. There's a bunch of people that are, there's athletes running around. Like they run the show and all the, the piece of tail is theirs to be had. And if you don't like it, then we're going to take it anyways. They can do whatever they want and drink, drink and drive. So that's going on. But as much as it's going on. With the media and the hype that comes with it, a lot of it's not going on. So these girls are making these accusations, which we've also seen in many cases. So if you just say, hey, uh, I don't remember what happened last night. Those, those three guys gang raped me. And they just say that, and it's not true. Then you can't play to You get into red tape, which could be the whole season and ruin someone's career it, for it, something that's not true. No, it did. It did ruin a D-tackle at Alabama's career. There's, they found the text messages where she said, I'm going to tell people you beat me up. 
because I know you're kicked off the team because it was right after all that Ray Rice stuff. And it ruins it careers. Ma- it makes it a dangerous, easy way for a female to blackmail another <clears throat> male. Yeah, because it happens and it's not. So it's like this blurry line. So I think that and the, uh, there should be a huge investigation to go on. If you throw a word, the R word or the M word or something like that around, you need to really look into it and find out quickly and efficiently. We have a lot of resources in college, especially. Find out in NFL with the private invest. Find out what's going on quick and then make it. The an other action. thing you need to look at is what the percentage of like college or like athletes that rape people versus like the normal percentage of people in the world that rape people and see how different it is. You know what I mean? Like never really talk about that. There's a lot of rapes that happen in this world. Are you saying it's higher or lower? I think, I, I I, I have, think we have I, the stigma. I personally have no idea, but if it's if it's lower, then like it's just no, pe- there's people who rape people. It's just a fact. From what I've heard, and it's I don't have any big facts to throw out, so I won't go too far into it. But I have heard Bill Cosby was sleep yeah, raping I, bitches. I, I was gonna say we have this depiction of like the jock wearing his varsity jacket and you know roofing girls and gang raping her with his boys, but really from what I've heard. That's a small. That's a media portrait, and it's more like the guy, like the Bill Cosby's and the beta male comics and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it doesn't happen as much. People, we got a little far with the rapes. No, stuff, no, but I'm just no. saying. It, I mean, pending investigations. Well, now that we're here, we want to keep going. Yeah. Like pending investigations, you should be allowed to play. I stand firm by that. But if we're talking about really what we should be addressing, instead of addressing resources at like stupid shit, like take back the night programs, we should be looking at why people rape and solving that problem. Well, one of my biggest issues when you bring up rape in college is the fact that they say, oh, well, she was too drunk to consent. Well, how drunk was the guy, too? They never... Well, that's just a misogynistic... I mean, in today's world... Not really, though. I'm I'm just saying, like... No, you're right. Like, so he... If you want to say, like, she couldn't consent because she was drunk, well, why why is he allowed to consent? Well, we went to college. If both parties were drunk, I mean, it was pretty much just a no-go, like... But in today's society, if the girl's drunk... I'm honestly a little bit scared to have sex with her. Like if, and like if it's my girlfriend, nowadays. Tipsy, but if you're talking about going to a bar and pick up a girl, I might make out with her and t- go on, take her on a date the next day. Make sure we have some kind of phone conversation. You bring a girl home from the bar in today's society, you can wake up with the police at your door the next day. You're fucking hungover. You can't remember what happened. She says you fucking did something at knife point. You're fucked. This stat I did here in 2012, this is just kind of goes along with it, but 2012, you had a, ten, a one in 10 chance of, of quote unquote rape, of being raped as a female going to Panama City Beach. That, that came out later in a sense. So, I mean, and that is a lot of alcohol it's, intoxication. It's honestly probably a good thing. So, that, as a girl, uh, you have a one in 10 chance of quote unquote being raped, of going to spring yeah, break. Yeah, and that's the bigger problem. That's the problem we need to issue. Not just, we go after these kids and they just scapegoat them like these, these horrible people. Yeah, everyone like, sweeps under the rug. I mean, well, they are the horrible thing, people. It's like college is like sexual assault rape in college. They're like, it's a huge issue because of all the drinking. And the coach and, is letting it go, though. A coach, yeah. you can't tell me that Les Miles, if he could sweep a rape under the rug, well, yeah, would. A, you have, like, he would. You have universities that will protect their student-athletes to keep them on the field because of the amount of <clears> money <throat> that they're bringing into the school. And then you also have the fact that there's just so much alcohol involved. Yeah, like, well, I went through five fucking years of college. There was tons of nights of drinking where a lot of people got way obviously. too drunk. I don't know what you're trying to get at. Yeah. Everybody drinks so college, what, but so I'm just crime, saying everybody's always drinking, and then you that now it's like a big issue. I'm actually a weird way kind of pro this whole like if you get drunk, like maybe getting accused thing because it's probably cutting down on a lot of bad decisions and a lot of aborted babies and a lot of fucking Plan B purchases. You know, it's what I'm also taken away from a lot of fun. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It really is because you got to tread so you know tread lines now. But the point is, I think that resources when like all that money really should go towards getting these investigations solved and solved. And we hear about some of these things go ongoing for months and there's no way that 
A, on the, on the right side of things, that like girls should be getting assaulted or crime should be being committed in general. But at the same time, these athletes are, it's very, you know, in college, one or two years, that's your, that you make or break, man. You know, you don't only have so much yeah. college shelf life. the whole life. thing, once you like get in trouble and you're coming back and people are like, oh, they're like damaged goods. I said it before on the show, America is a second chance at freedom, all right? You, everybody deserves a second chance. Oh, once you're in the NFL, it's a whole different ball game. Once you're in the NFL, what you're in, you're in. You have to pretty much literally murder someone, like be a serial killer to get sent away like, like yeah, Hernandez. Yeah, you have talent. But you have I talent. Just, I don't, even if you do, let's say you get in trouble. Let's say you, I don't know, like misstep and slap a girl around like Ray Rice did. There's no reason that after misstep. you Like, if that's so bad. That, that wasn't a misstep. If people believe that's so bad you can't be in the NFL, why isn't that person in prison? If he's a danger, that dangerous of a person, why isn't he in a jail cell? If we don't, as a society, agree that one domestic violence equals jail for life, there's no reason when he gets out why he can't just... Well, because he's a rich athlete, so instead of it going to trial, he got a plea deal where he just got probation. 90% of all cases, or like it's like 97% uh, as um, end in plea deals, because if you everybody went to court, the justice system would come to a screeching halt. Without the plea deal, we literally couldn't conduct our criminal justice system the way as it's constructed. You could be poor and get a plea deal. You yeah. just don't want to get a shittier plea deal. Well, even, exactly. Even with the Ray Rice, though, didn't he get a shot at a couple teams? He just was, it was more about him not being. Oh yeah, good he doesn't enough. have talent. Joe Mixon hit that girl. He's gonna play. Well, look at Jerry Jones with the killer killer instinct mentality. He had he signed uh, the guy uh, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, and you know, even then they were thinking thinking about signing him again, but he didn't have that good of a season. Um, yeah. You know, it happens all the time. And, I mean, as far as crime goes, man, it just there's. I kind of have to agree with it just because. It happens, man. If you don't do it, if you, I think there's something to be said with resources, maybe about why they commit so much crime. They have money. They have women. Why can't they just be happy and like, you know, put their keys away before they party or just not hit their girlfriends? But no studies are being done on that. They're just more worried about Sunday and in the off season. It's recovery and worry about the, the upcoming season. They don't really put resources into why these athletes are committing crimes. Maybe it has to do with being enabled throughout college and high school. Maybe it has to do with just their upbringing, being sheltered to sport their whole life and not having to actually engage in pro-social activities. All those kind of things. But That's I mean, actually probably one of the best things you've ever said on the show, Frank. It is because these athletes are treated like children It's a big sociological experiment. Yeah, they're babies. You know, like you got D-tackles from Alabama that are 28 years old and they're really like, like 12-year-olds. They're waiting for their juice box at the end of practice. Not to mention, if you do any research on the brain at all, like the front cortex last to develop, that's your logical reasoning. That happens in some males as late as 20. That means this college athlete's going off making decisions can affect the rest of his life based purely on emotion, trying to work out, trying to go to class, and he's got fucking some girl pregnant on the side. Like, And the only resources that I really think that they put a huge emphasis on as they grow up is, is, pub, is PR, public relations. They teach them how to be guarded against the media, and uh, treat it like the media is like oh, an yeah, enemy. Oh, yeah, that's like all they spend their money that's on. That's like what they do. It's like they have a class like, oh, you don't, learn, don't worry about life skills or not you know, domestic violence. But when the media talks, you just – here's about 10 different options you can say, and you stick to those 10. And if, you're, if you don't, you're Marshawn Lynch. Joe, where are you at on all this? Yeah, Joe, I mean, come on. You know, I, th- I think you guys have just hit the nail on the head. Uh, you, you know, and it – for me, for me, it's tough. Like it's just to say that if you're, if you're still under investigation, you should be able to play. I think if it's something where like, you, you know, it's it's a big issue. Um, you know, it it, it kind of like it kind of makes you wonder like where, where where the priorities are for the school, and it, make, it makes it obvious. I I think like with the NCAA, 
uh, it comes down to expectations. Like what sports are supposed to be like in college. It's supposed to be like that, you know, the student athlete mindset and the whole the whole thing. Where if if you're under like some kind of investigation, uh, you shouldn't be allowed to play because you, you probably, you know, I think most people assume that they they fucking did it. Um, I I think for some athletes though, they they make it kind of easy. Like they they just get caught with shit and then they're they're suspended. Like uh, the safety from Notre Dame got caught with all that shit in the fucking car. And they kicked them out of the program. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. It, it, it didn't really take like an investigation or anything. Like it was real and it was it was going on. I so I I guess at the same time now I say that I could see what you're saying, Jerry, about like an investigation, but there had to be something to cause that investigation. Okay, let me. There, there, I mean, like if, if there's a videotape of you fucking knocking out a chick in an elevator, uh, like what what else what else do you need? You know what I mean? Like, like you, you can't have that on your team, dude. What you're really like, attacking like, is the criminal justice system. If you have a video, if you arrest somebody and they have guns and weed in their trunk, there's no, there should be no pre-trial process. Well, I mean, you should go right like, to trial. Like, like, give me, give me an example then of an investigation, like to, that allow a player to. On investigation, keep when Keith Applin and Adrian Payne were freshmen at Michigan State, a girl said they ra- raped her, and they were thinking about kicking the kids off the team as freshmen. Turns out it's completely false. None of it was true. If they got kicked off the team. It would have been horrible. Like, I'm talking about investigation when it's an accusation. If you catch a player okay. red-handed with weed, yeah, they shouldn't. Uh, I mean, weed's not that bad. But if you catch a player with a gun, they should miss like four games. Let me get in the middle of you two real quick because you're both making good points. And I think I see where yeah. I could. Let me present one question. It's right, I'm telling you, it's right in between your two arguments. So let's say this. You're talking about a pending investigation. Joe's talking about something being blatantly obvious. Let's say this. You're the coach. Jerry is the coach of said team, football team. You, Someone comes to you. There's a an accusation made and there's an evidence of your, your player and another player beating the hell out of a girl. There's a videotape of it. So there's hard evidence like Joe's talking about there, but there's going to be some red tape and some process of the investigation. Do you play the player knowing that act occurred while the investigation goes on? I think that's what you two are kind of going back and forth about. Because I think think what it starts to become is the whole, Penn State issue where Joe out. Paterno knew some things were going on, but he never he never like took action on yeah, it and let it ride his entire legacy at that university. So that's a tough one. Yeah, no, no. If if you have if it's that's just a problem with our criminal justice system though. If you have hardcore evidence like that, the person but it still takes should, months we to expedite. To per- yeah, but we need to expedite them. the process so there's no time where they're allowed to walk around. <laughs> they should serve their debt to society. Wherever it's a year in prison, when they come out, then they should be allowed to play. But but in some cases, it's the interim period if, of six months where they're not getting charged. And it's this in-between period where there's seasons going on. If you're talking about like the grand scope of so the world, play them, there's too not. many people. There's over 300 million Americans. You can't do it. But in terms of college athletics, there's so few players. The coach can go to the cops, go to the players, and find out if it's true or not or if it's questionable. If it's questionable, they can play. If it's true, obviously you're not playing them. They get kicked off your team and kicked out of the university. But that's the, you see where I'm going, even though it's pending? Cause yeah, they're not gonna, okay. The, the, the judge isn't going to lay the gavel down for another nine months. I, that's my fault for not that's, clarifying. That's, yeah, that's no, that's, that's on that, me. I should have clarified that only if it's up to debate should they be allowed to play. If it's fucking like Sam Hurd getting caught with a shitload of coke, it's over. So hard evidence, but if there's like a rape accusation that there's no evidence. Yeah, but I think that speaks, like I've said three times already, that speaks to a greater problem with our criminal justice system where people get caught red-handed doing something and then somehow still get off. Okay, well, I had to reiterate the process of what, what happens in the interim because a lot of people don't realize this interim period is the yeah, season. Yeah. A season's not that long. It's a couple months. The criminal justice yeah, season and takes a while. The, the trouble for me, though, is like the investigation is like, Part of, the, part, part of the reason for an investigation is to find out if it's true. And you can make any assumption you want, but you don't know what's going to come of the investigation officially until it's over. And to me, it's it's one of those things that if someone's under investigation, they, they can't they, 
to, I don't know. To me, I, I just don't know if they should be playing because I look at it from my, I guess, I guess my standpoint, right? Say, say I, I pop on a piss test, right? Uh, in, in my job, popping on a piss test doesn't necessarily mean like, like in, in the, in the Marines, you could take that to course marshal and fight it. So say, say, uh, we've had, I've, I've been on, I've been in a course marshal before. I've sat in the jury box where a Marine went home, uh, said, you know, he came back, took a piss test, popped for Coke, said he didn't do it, said someone probably like put it in his shit or, or like his drink or whatever, or, or some, somehow he didn't do it. Um, we went to course marshal and, uh, and so on and so forth, found out he was innocent. Right. Um, so he, he was, he got, he got away clean. The thing was, is he was an older Marine. That means he had a leadership uh, position. He had responsibilities during the time of that investigation though. I can guarantee you that Marine was relieved of his, of his, uh, exactly of his responsibilities. Was he was not in a leadership position. Yeah, but he He's under investigation. He's pending course marshal. But but that but he was innocent though. That's what I'm saying. Joe, I mean, gold hearted as you are, that guy did coke. You, there's no way you wouldn't know. It makes your whole mouth go numb. I I mean I, I don't know. I it was never just did, an, it was so. just an example. But yeah, like, I I'm, I'm just saying the, the, the guy was innocent. But but we but the, the the trust and confidence in somebody when you get put in a situation where you're under investigation, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not just the fact that you're under investigation. It's not just the fact that. Oh well, she she's just trying to set me up. It, it's 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 like the it's almost like the thing where it's like, dude, like you you put yourself in this situation somehow. But what to, if you did yourself though? in trouble? What if yeah. she just I mean, what if she just some like, psycho bitch though? The whole reason not to have the death penalty is in case we kill an innocent person. Like it finds out later they're innocent. Like if one player loses his career, like, shot at fucking a better life because of a false accusation, then the whole system has failed us. Wait, I don't, I don't get Joe's point. I get your point, Joe. I get the whole scenario. But are you saying, do you agree that the guy should have not carried out his duties in the interim, or should he have carried out his duties until the? No, he, he should, he should not have. Okay. Because to me, to me, as as a, you know, as, as like say, if I was his platoon commander, I'd be looking at him and saying, like, listen, man, right now you're in under investigation for popping a piss test and shit, and you're about to go to courts martial. Yeah, to your point. What fucking trust do your Marines have in you right now? They're looking at you. Trying to get your get your spot because some of these guys are probably hard chargers. They want to be a squadler themselves, and they're looking at the squadler who just popped on a piss test, saying, "What the fuck? I should be the man right now." But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in sports, and, and as, as as the platoon commander, no, no. I gotta I gotta know too. I'm working every day with the squad you're compared, leader, you're and I gotta know that this though, fucker's not on If you pop on, on a piss test, you, know you shouldn't be allowed to play in college or pro sports either. I mean, they do give them one free pop, but like if you pop on a piss test, that's different than being under investigation. Yeah, you're, I like the scenario you're kind of but comparing yeah. apples and oranges. In the Marines, if you pop, you can like appeal or whatever, <clears> and then go to a court martial and try to prove you're innocent. If you pop, well, you can't you can't appeal in college either. Well, we're not talking about piss test, though. We're talking yeah, about more when of you a different college, crime. You when you appeal your suspensions in the NFL and stuff, you get to play through that appeal time. And to the respect point, real quick, to the point of respect and, like, how can I have trust in you? Like, yeah, with the pop and the piss test and stuff like that with the Marines, I get it. The honor is lost and until you prove your innocence on that failed test. Yeah, but in college, let's go back to the accusation of, of assault or rape or domestic violence. You know the the fellows in the locker room, if you if they believe that their quarterback or their star linebacker is truly innocent, they're going to support him while he's under investigation, especially if there's no videotape or hard evidence and it's just some crazy chick. But, man, don't worry about that. Focus on you. We'll find out what's going to happen. But in the meantime, let's get shit done. I, I also, think that's how they have that I mean, I maintain mentality. that as a coach, you should only recruit players that you can look in the eye and tell if they're lying or not. not, not they're not obviously not going to always tell the truth. No human well, does. Good luck with that. But, like... Yeah, that, I think that's a major sure. problem. Like, Urban Meyer, when he left Florida, like, had a whole... Janoris Jenkins had popped on three drug tests. New guy came in, he had to kick him off the team for it. He says, Urban Meyer never kicked, would have never kicked me off the team for that. 
He would just let him keep smoking weed. And that's a bigger problem that we're not going to get into today. But, like, as a coach, if you can't look into your players' eyes and see if they're lying or not, then that's on you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, I, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a staff too that knows what's going on. Well, and yeah, knows obviously, the there's well. 85 I mean, players. You, you know, you you should be able to talk to other players. You know, you got team captains. You have you have a lot of different leadership positions. You should be like, hey, listen, man, is this guy bullshit me or what? Because some some people put on a show, man. Some people put on a show and uh, and, and they 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 put up this front like they're the innocent, they're the good guy. They do all this good work and they they perform and they do all these great things. When in reality, behind scenes, you don't realize they're being a piece of shit. I mean, if you're a, if you're a college uh, head football coach, how many players do you have? How many staff members do you have? How how many how many how many coaches? Hundreds. You got you got fucking towel boys for God's sakes. Uh, you got you got strength and conditioning personnel, and you got the the interns working all that shit too. I mean, there there is just a lot of fucking people for you to keep track of as a head coach. And I mean, for you to be able to sit down with one fucking cornerback and look him in the eye and be like, "Hey, dude, are you doing this?" And him to look at you in the eyes and say, "No," but really in reality, he is. That, that's a very hard thing to do. I had tw- a little over 20 Marines, and one of them was lying to me for a few months, and we finally found out this fucker was doing some na- nasty shit in the barracks. Uh, I ended up kicking him out of the Marine Corps, but it took a while because this shit I, I, I couldn't see. I couldn't be in the barracks living with these guys every single day. And that's where and micromanagement put, and, and comes would, in. And he would put up a front for the command and everything to show that he was this great Marine and he was doing great things. In reality, he was just a piece of shit, and, we, and when we found out, we started to kind of you know pay more attention uh, to, to clues and started to kind of, you know, creep around the barracks more and catch him doing shit. Can we but, at I mean, least it, know it, what it, it was? Dude, it takes a while, man. Can we it, know? It, it ta- it's hard being in a leadership position. I want to know. And, and, and just looking at a guy in the eye and trusting him and, and, and when he puts up a front like that. Well, yeah, I think the reason why this topic is so controversial is because everybody puts athletes on its pedestal where they're also role models and they never ask to be that. They're good at a sport doesn't mean they're a good person. You know, role models should be like Maya Angelou, Gandhi, people like that. Not some guy who can catch 2,000 yards. Like Calvin Johnson actually is a good role model. But the thing is, there's shitty people everywhere and the NFL is just more public. This, this subject is so controversial and it's with crime and college and pro athletics is because it causes division between – it creates arguments between – Male versus female, uh, coach versus police, uh, your favorite guys versus them being like you, that you look up to as athletes being terrible people and behind closed doors. It almost forces you to defend acts that are heinous that sometimes like I tend to do uh, with with pro football players sometimes and say let them play because you're so phonetic. It's just it's so polarizing that you could literally like all of these just go on, but it's a very polarizing topic because it creates a lot of division and it creates a lot of politics and a lot of bad words that a lot of people will try to avoid, but it's real and it's happening. I mean, if we just and, go ahead, go ahead, Jerry. I'll, I'll just say personally, I, I just think too, it creates liabilities, right? It, it, it creates a distraction from what you're trying to do. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter what sport job, Wherever the fuck you're doing, if I got people in my organization doing things that they're not supposed to be doing or under investigations for things that are not related within within the field of what you're doing, um, you know, to to, to me, it, it creates a liability for for uh, what you're trying to do, and it creates distractions, and it's it's not good for the team. And at the end of the day, it should be about the team, it should be about the company, the organization, and when you got people fucking shit up. Uh, all, all it does is distract from all that, and you're spending 90% of your time working on 10% of the problem. And that 10% is, no. is those couple people doing the wrong thing. I'm not saying you have to play them if they're under investigation. I totally get that aspect that like, it raises negative questions and you don't answer. I think that's what Tiger Woods fell off. 
You know, like I totally yeah. get what you're saying. Like, I'm not saying you have to play the guy, but I'm just saying don't ruin a kid's life if they might be innocent. No, I agree. And I, I think I think you need to take like the, uh, the the proper steps and try and get the investigation done, you know, as soon as possible. I mean, it, I mean, because because at, at the end of the day, too, I, I do agree with you at some point, Jerry, that a lot of girls just try to fucking become famous by saying like, oh, this this NFL running back rate me. It's like, oh, did, did he really? You know, what I mean, like you, you know, like. But at the same time, too, it's just like now, now your star running back is is making headlines. Like, where was he that night that put him in the position to to create these headlines? And now you're dealing with this. Now you got to get media people involved to help, you know, smooth smooth some shit over and, and get things, uh, you know, right with the team and shit. It, I, I don't know, man. It's just. I just like, like you said, Frank, we, we could go we could go round and round the circle all day. All you know, of it's them, just, it's just there's no end. It's just a it's just chasing a tail, but it's fun. It's fun to do. You know, it's fun to get these kind of things out there and just make people think. But really, you could just have any stance and sort of be right in some way with all this stuff. It's really generalized, and there's it's 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 a real thing, man. All, all the four things you talk about: steroids, gambling, fighting, crime. It's just it creates controversy. Controversy sells, and I think this will be one of our more successful episodes and one of our longer ones which is it brings me to I'd the like point to, of paying uh, the bills if you want right anyone... the bill, i like to point out with all these topics i think <sighs> if a player on your team's involved on what we consider the negative side like they take steroids they gambled you, you you'll stand by them but if it's on somebody else's team you'll tear them apart and that's why sports is really fucked up the hypocrisy yeah because you'll yeah if not support them you'll at least bend a real lot a whole lot you know you'll bend a lot for them if not break but uh, damn right, yeah. I could think of pretty much. I could relate to all four of these with my sports teams and my myself even. So, <laughs> yeah. Any, right. Anything else? Anyone wants to get off their chest before we pay the bills? This is a long episode. My yeah, goodness. yeah. yeah. We got to get well, out of here. It's I, good, good topic. Oh, good it topic. is on a holiday too. We're doing overtime. On yeah, a holiday. next week we've got the. I actually have. <clears throat> supposed to work next weekend. We'll see. To pay the bills, Tony. All right, so. <laughs> Talk while you do it. Jesus. Facebook.com slash revolution. <laughs> We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front. Twitter.com slash RSF podcast. You can find us on Instagram, even though we haven't really posted anything there lately. We have a YouTube channel that we haven't posted anything to lately. And the website's revolutionary sports front.com. This show's available on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can email the show directly with your take on these topics at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. So thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. And thanks for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos!